0: Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation.
1: And I'm a writer and Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things.
0: We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC
1: superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our
0: conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. On yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codenamed Comic Shams. And I am Andrew
1: Tejada, codenamed Arate.
0: Andrew and I have known each other since 1996.
1: That was the year Hugh Jackman married his wife. Oh, yeah, it's a wholesome fact. It's a wholesome fact, because what we're about to cover is not wholesome at, in any regard. Um, so oh, here's a wholesome God,
0: no.
1: fact. <laughs> I, I think for the <laughs>
0: sake of my own ears and I know, for y'all, too, that we really appreciate talking about one, I guess, like hairy shirtless man, because um, we're going to be introducing another one in this episode.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, they're still together, by the way. They're going strong almost 30 years. So, you know, happy Valentine's Day to them. I hope they go the distance and that he's no one's taking HGH and love potions at the same time. <laughs>
0: Also, I also wonder what the dynamic is with, like, Ryan Reynolds and that relationship. They just, like, pop over every so often.
1: Oh, I think he's a live-in. I think oh, he lives like, with mm, them. Yeah. That makes
0: sense. Makes some bre- like, waffles in the morning or something.
1: Yeah, Blake Lively has the house to herself most of the time because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is just over there. Well, um, we won't be able to
0: see it in person. I guess their love story, but we did get a chance to see another great loving couple here as... I guess this counts as our Valentine's Day special. Thanks to Calendar Man once again. Um, fortunately he cannot join us today. He sent us a Valentine's Day card, though, letting us know that he has a date.
1: Oh, good, good. I mm-hmm. I yeah, Calendar Man, maybe Magpie instead of stealing random jewels, she'll steal your heart this season. Good luck. Good luck to you, man.
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna be talking about a lot of other DC relationships in this one as we are covering the special. Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special. All right, but uh before we start, um, you know, I guess we gotta say that this this episode was uh whew, this was a uh, TVMA
1: rated R. Um what else we got, Andrew? XX. Uh it it has pretty much everything except full frontal, but you'll you'll get everything else. So do not have the kids watch this one unless you're ready to explain a lot of things all at (laughs) once
0: (laughs) yeah that's true um so of course because there's so much of that content in that episode it's safe to say that we're probably going to be saying a lot of not safe for work and adult things in the review of it so if you want to feel free to jump on over to another episode we um we have our several seasons for you to go through as well as um once again talk with the pint podcast where we talked about the by power rangers movie so head on over to the pint podcast where you find your podcast if you listen to that episode but if you're okay with half the stuff that we're going to be talking about today um well let's get fucking nuts <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah this shit's <laughs> gonna get wild
0: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so starting off, we got the cast list for this Harley Quinn special here. Um, we got Kaylee Cuoco, who is Harley Quinn herself, who I must say is making a big bang as the character. Pun and double entendre intended. <laughs> Next up, we got Lake Bell, who probably has the shortest on-screen role in any Marvel production. Um, just thinking about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Oh, yeah. 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 She's in there for like two seconds. <laughs>
1: But she did get to play Black Widow on What If. So oh, yes, that's did. the balance.
0: <laughs> uh, but today she is remaining loyal to her DC roots here as she is voicing Poison Ivy, the other half of Harley Ivy, the couple here that we're talking about today. Um, Alan Tudic as another DC role to his resume as clayface number one and number two. That's not
1: is that the, really the name of <laughs> the character? That is actually the name <laughs> of the character on
0: based <laughs> off the credits. uh pun is not intended on that one but i just love the fact that they did that um next up we've been loving his performance as this character so far so shout out to james Aldamian as bane he is a um stand-up comedian who does have a lot of voiceover roles but this one is probably one of the most iconic that we've had over the last Four years or so. Finally wrapping up, we got some special guest stars as we have Uncle Jesse himself from Full House, John Stamos, is etrigan <laughs> I did not even recognize him. <laughs> Me neither. It was like until I saw the cast. I was like, hold up, this wasn't him. And then it's just like, oh wow. Um, yeah, that that's that's he I could hear him singing about the teddy bear right now and a bunch of other things based off this episode. <laughs> Abbott Elementary fans will appreciate this one because we finally got Quinta Brunson and Tyler James Williams together as hot girl and Hawkman respectively
1: so excited I'll, I'll get into my comments about them later but I'm very excited about this
0: oh yeah yeah I think this is this is actually that comment I'm pretty sure it's going to lead it to a whole nother episode because <laughs> I'm excited about that too finally he's here he's there he's every fucking where Brett Goldstein better known as Roy Kent is playing shirtless Brett Goldstein <laughs> <laughs> hey
1: you know uh, if it works it works <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> all right Um. so now we've gone through the cast list we know about this show premiere back in 2019 also shout out to the fans I know that unfortunately this show lost in our um versus special but we are very fortunate to do our Valentine's Day special for it So I guess it's time to head on over and hear the loving tale of Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special.
1: Yeah, so if if you're like me and you were killing yourself trying to figure out what reference this is with Superman and Lois and other couples talking to the camera, it's When Harry Met Sally. It's stolen directly from When Harry Met Sally. (laughs) It's a great setup. All these superhero couples... Uh, or supervillain as it may mm-hmm. be, um, and it, it starts with Superman and Lois talking about how the story of how they met. Um, Metallo derails a train. <laughs> it, it's it's really fun, um, and it's really preserving their personalities. You know, it's nice to see an animated HBO Max that preserves the personalities and makes jokes about the characters and uh, it's not Velma. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, what <one> last shot in <laughs> It was right there. I had it to take right it. There. It was right <laughs> there. Um, that leads us to get a quick montage of some of the other couples in Gotham. So we see Riddler and Clock King <laughs> are going to get married. Yeah. For those who don't know the show, this was a running, this was a sudden gag. They just dropped on us that riddler and clock king were together back in like, and...
0: season three actually i'm like yeah wow, at the award like... show right yeah i'm like it like clicked in my head at the 83rd annual villainly award show i think that's like episode three
1: of season <laughs> three of the series damn yeah nice nice <laughs> thank you Recall, <We> <laughs> um we see them together we see that king shark has settled in with his uh betrothed wife mm-hmm. uh, in the background we see flash and Zatanna, which i didn't know was a thing
0: I mean, magical things happening. I mean, at least we. I wonder which flash this is. If it's Barry, then Iris is going to be pissed. Oh yeah,
1: better be Wally. Yeah. Um, but that leads us back to the central couple, Ivy and Harley, who're having a little bit of a misunderstanding. Before we
0: actually jump into that, I do want to also point out that another fun fact about the show, we did leave off with the fact that Bruce Wayne is in jail. So he does get a Valentine's Day gift from Catwoman who drops him off some bat-shaped chocolates. And this is just a little plug. If you have bat-shaped chocolates out there, please send
1: them our way. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. And Batman's in jail for tax evasion, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> things
0: actually work out in the Harley Quinn universe.
1: <laughs> I think Joker persecuted him. Yeah. <laughs> Joker sent him to jail for tax evasion. <laughs> Mayor Joker, I should add. Yes, Mayor Joker. Um, so
0: yes, we jump on over to Harley, who is just talking about um Valentine's Day, how much she loves love. Um, and at this point in the show, we are three seasons deep. It was set up in season two that this was leaning into it and then eventually by season three or the season two finale the two of them have come together as a couple as we have Harley Quinn Poison Ivy who are just living life as partners and they're in um they're living in actually Catwoman's pet house I believe it is (laughs) yeah and Harley is talking about how she wants to go out and experience Valentine's Day because how much she loves love. And Poison Ivy, which I gotta say, she brings up a very valid point, talks about how extraneous and ecologically wasteful it is because it celebrates the mass genocide of roses. So she just wants to have a low key date.
1: Yeah, she just wants to have a low key dinner at Mama Macaroni's, their favorite running restaurant that has Mm -hmm. appeared in three seasons consistently. I love how uh, jokes in Harley Quinn, if you're, again, if you're unfamiliar, Watch this entire series. Um, But the the small details always come back up. Um, So they're going to go to Mama Macaroni's. Meanwhile, Clayface is definitely being catfished. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know who, but he is being catfished and uh, is going off on a date. And we get a quick cut to Bane holding the mug that I need. Yes. HBO executives. Please, if you make this mug, I'm buying it tomorrow. All right? (laughs) Just give me the mug that says caffeine is my reckoning. I need this. (laughs) It is my reckoning.
0: Yeah, this is a while it's funny because it's also um, in this universe as well. The villains actually have a well-established office. It's the Legion of Doom. Uh, They have a whole building. It's it's just very funny because you have like the Hall of Justice with the um, with the the heroes, and then we have the Legion of Doom office where Bane and Riddler are having just a casual water cooler kind of conversation where Bane inquires about Riddler taking cl- clocking out on a date, and he's just sharing that he's been having some bad luck on dating apps. Like he he just seems to be very picky. He's pointing out the fact that he can't get past the profiles because there's so much incorrect grammar on everyone's profile. Like there's some things that I had to catch myself and realize that crap, do I do this? Where <laughs> um in making the transition to the next statement that you're planning to make, instead of saying any ways, you're supposed to say anyway, there is no S.
1: Yeah. Yeah, get that did S out of know, there. Did not know that. <laughs>
0: See? Educational.
1: Yeah. And I, I do. And a running joke with Bane, of course, that they do so well is taking his iconic lines, mainly from Dark Knight Rises, and <laughs> remixing them. And uh, here he says, you know, I guess I'll spend it alone in darkness where I was born, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is great. Um, so Bane's trying to figure out what he's going to do for Valentine's Day. So we cut over to Mama Macaroni's where Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are enjoying another thing they need to make, lasite balls, Um, Mm. lasagna inside baked macaroni inside of a vegan meatball. What could be better than that?
0: I mean, I'm just more shocked that it's vegan, like. As as a person who hardly eats vegetables, this looked amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want this now. So HBO execs, get cracking, please. (laughs) And as they are just the the funny thing about this vegan dish, too, is that it's everything that Ivy loves. It's all for favorite things. So as they're talking about how great and low-key this date is, this is where unfortunately there's these, I don't know, some armed goons. They like they bust in. And they start saying that they want the recipe. And if they don't get the recipe, they're going to shoot the whole place. And this is where the chef says, you know, for the sake of love, he gives over the recipe. And Harley and Ivy jump into action because they're like, we got to make sure that this recipe doesn't fall into the wrong hands because it's too
1: damn delicious. Yeah. I respect. I respect that. Yeah, and I do want to mention that one good dude does get shot in the head in the restaurant, one of the ways. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, it is rated R for a reason.
0: R-T-V-M-A.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Ivy finds, uh, conveniently, they're going to a park. Uh, that's where they're trying to get away to. So she's able to cut him off in the park by going God mode. She flips over a car, completely crushing one of the assailants. <laughs> um, he is a bloody mess under the car. Uh, conveniently, they reveal that they're just middlemen. They're working for a LexCorp, Cor- Lex LexCorp oil executive, and he flies in on cue. And Ivy uses a helicopter blade <laughs> <laughs> to kill the oil exec. And it's here where we get a brilliant reveal.
0: Yes, because this whole entire thing as Ivy opens up the recipe, she sees that it says Happy Valentine's Day from Harley. And it's revealed that Harley staged this whole thing to give Ivy something fun to do on Valentine's Day. The armed goons or henchmen or goons, I guess goons. Yeah, goons. They reveal that they were actually hired uh, by Harley to bring over this thing. And um harley also reveals that she forced the um the oil exec who's actually the real oil exec of lexcore to come by and point a gun at her head or else she was going to do something else and so ivy not only got a chance to get this like really loving moment to um you know to see how much that harley loves her she also got to take out the oil exec you know in her eco-terrorism kind of spiel and finally in one final reveal etrigan comes out from one of those duck paddle boats. I think it was. And he gives off a rhyme. And this is where he shoots off from fireworks where it says har forever.
1: With with a hell brimstone. Yes. <laughs> um, I love everything about this reveal because in the back of your mind, you kind of could feel my, this might've been coming, but there's a scene where two of the henchmen are clapping but the third one is dead under the vehicle, <laughs> bleeding out, and it's just so good. that three people died for this. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Ivy does mention this is one of the best Valentine's Day she's ever had, which Harley notices. She picks up on the word choice, and is a little bit wary of that's Of her saying one of the one of the greatest, mm-hmm. um, but not the best. Um, we get a quick cut to Hawkman and Hawk woman finally played by black people yes <laughs> these people are egyptian <laughs> look and i know
0: that like there, it's not technically the first because we do have like black adam did have aldous hodge but that version did not capture anything really about the cap- no offense to aldous hodge it's just because yeah. it was a black adam movie like there was no there was no point we had it there's no way that we were going to be able to include any origin into that i love this because one they were black Two, they gave the full comic book origin about them. So if you're out there and you want to know more about Hawkman and, and uh, it's, it's, I really feel yeah. bad about it, it's always called Hawk Girl, but it is what it is. About these two, these Hawk individuals, check this out. Check out this quick snippet, please.
1: And also, like go back to other Hawkman and Hawk Girl media. Cause if I'm not mistaken, in animated or live action, Mm-hmm. Only one of them is ever black. Yes. yes. <laughs> In yes. Legends, it was uh Shaira was black, Carter Hall was white, mm-hmm. uh, Justice League animated, they were both white, even mm-hmm. though uh Shaira was voiced by a Hispanic actress. So it this is we how long did it take? It's so crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, their story is great. There's a great joke Hashtag about it. Black um, Hawk people, we have yes. where Black History Month. Y'all knew it. I did it right. Um, there's also a great joke in there where um, they're talking about them getting together and he's like, yeah, I saw her and uh, she just kind of had to marry me. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. Yeah, back then you didn't have a choice. <laughs> it's it's fantastic joke. Um, but at, <laughs> we can fly away from Hawkman and Hawk Girl for a minute to focus on Clayface who his date is in Crime Alley in the mm-hmm. darkest part to the vegan coffee shop but he doesn't find coffee when he gets there because all coffee is vegan guys yes <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not tr- I'm pretty sure that's not true but um for the, the sake of the joke it is yeah yeah I um I did love this joke
0: because it did t- it, it it didn't take me out of the episode because it what happened next immediately brought me back but it did make me start thinking so there's going to be some intense googling and redditing um later on tonight by me um so this is where he does get catfished. And unfortunately, it is by Captain Boomerang. Um, it's funny because this is the second appearance of Captain Boomerang that we've seen this week in DC content. Um, just for Flash fans of the last season. Uh, <laughs> so this is where Captain Boomerang reveals that he's attempting, that he's just going to rob Clayface. Um, and as he pushes Clayface to the ground, this heartbroken Clayface doesn't know what to do. He takes his wallet and he's just like, Yo, you only have two tickets to see Brett ghosting the one-man show for a date. Um, so boomerang ends up beating up Clayface and he takes one of his boomerangs and throws it at him, causing him to be sliced in half as Clayface seemingly, I guess, dies in Crime Alley, very similar to Bruce Wayne's parents. <laughs> underneath the underneath the um the the street lights too.
1: <laughs> Complete with the rose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we get two quick things that set up great plot points, but they're worth mentioning. Um Bane is again wandering around alone on um Valentine's Day. And he just so happens to walk by a house where a Dominatrix is headed in and <laughs> it's a great joke. It's an obvious joke. The Dominatrix mistakes Bane for a fellow <laughs> BDSM. <and> BDS. yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're called. I know, this is like, what, do you, what is the vernacular in this job description? <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't. Off the term, I don't know what a male dominatrix is called. Please educate us in the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they go in to service a client together because uh, he has nothing else to do. And we get. Cut to Wonder Woman, who is crying over Steve. <laughs> 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 crying over Steve Trevor. Really in shot at the, the treatment of her character in uh, yes. live action recently. Um, and uh, this whole scene is a great uh, tribute because Harley Quinn says, hey, Wonder Woman, something's going on on the mascara. She's like, why didn't you like the beacon? A quick shot at Zack Snyder's Justice League where a beacon is lit and the, Diana sees the fire from France or whatever. um, And she doesn't buy the story until Harley Quinn shows her a video of the queen requesting for help. And uh, Wonder Woman flies away. And it's revealed that that was paid for on Cameo app. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also love, too, that... um. The line that was used was Queen Hippolyta saying, Help us, Wonder Woman, you're our only hope. So it's like,
1: <laughs> how did you not pick up on that Star Wars reference? <laughs> really great cuts in the scene. Um mm-hmm. the Wonder Woman payoff will come later, but now we gotta meet another <laughs> another live action DC shot <laughs> with this unconventional couple. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. We saw her wiggling around a lot um, in her live action debut played by Cara Delevingne. Today, she is teamed up with Killer Croc as the two of them also are sharing their love story. I gotta admit, I don't think this has ever been done before, but I think I love the meet cute about this. (laughs) He hit her with this line that was just like, you know what? Killer Croc might have some game. I'm not gonna lie
1: he did say he was beautiful uh, in suicide squad that is true that is true
0: <laughs> so as the two of them are talking about their love story, of course we have to hop on over to the the rest of the part of Harley's plan as it's revealed that while Wonder Woman was trying was heading on over to fight the men that was invading the mascara she had grabbed the lasso of truth so she uses it on Ivy who then confesses to her that this valentine's day planned everything that happened was in her top three valentine's day which harley just gets super frustrated about because it's kind of stated that um during her relationship with the joker she always tried to make sure to make each valentine's day better than the last um it is confusing here though because i'm not entirely too sure um if they've actually been together for the year, I don't think so, so they wouldn't have celebrated more than one Valentine's Day together as, like, a couple. Um, But I think it's just more Harley just saying that, like, she wanted to make sure that at the end of the day, Ivy will always say that this Valentine's Day, where she got a chance to save the um, ball meatballs and kill the oil exec, was the best Valentine's Day that she's ever had. So, now harley's feeling kind of slighted um and this leads into a very intense conversation i think where harley just decides it's just time for her to leave
1: yeah because uh all harley ivy wants to do is watch a scripted or non-scripted hbo max show mm-hmm. but harley just can't leave it alone so she decides to take off uh to an unknown location across the city look if you watch doom patrol and you're not uh, and you haven't gotten enough butts in the D- sentient butts in the DC universe. Clayface is now his second half has grown a mouth out of his ass. Yes. Um, and now they're falling for each other. Uh, extra props to Alan Tudyk for playing two Clayfaces and singing to himself <laughs> so romantically. Get you somebody who sings to their ass like Clayface. Yeah. Um,
0: or even that just get to that level of self-love. <laughs> that's
1: that's good too And uh, Bane is While he's helping out the BDSM client He makes fun of the client's penis size Which makes Bane very insecure about his own size So he needs to solve that problem <laughs> quickly <laughs> And luckily there might be a place to do it Because Harley goes to see her old friend Etrigan At his magic shop
0: yeah, so John Stamos is here as Etrigan once again. He um <laughs> the funny thing is is that the the entire time that he's talking to Harley, he's saying everything in rhyme and it's it's masterful work, honestly. Um even to the point where he's like quoting the prices of certain things. So Harley, she shares that she's actually here because she needs something to um get Ivy to, to truly love her and appreciate her, like, to really wow her on Valentine's Day. So, Etrigan gives her a spell that will give Harley a chance to impress Ivy in bed better than, than Ivy has ever had, I guess. Like, Drake was probably will probably play on repeat if, um, like, if once Harley and Ivy get together because of this spell.
1: Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> that in the incantation involves uh, Eye of Zendaya," which I uh, do appreciate. Yes. <laughs> or Zendaya. Um, Zendaya. Yes. It a,
0: another joke it was just like, how does one pronounce her name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, of course, because nothing this couldn't possibly backfire. Harley runs home, immediately gets Ivy into bed. As soon as she's within range of Ivy, Ivy is ready to go, and. After they've, uh, you know, rolled around, and since this is the R-rated episode, after they have, after Ivy has an orgasm, um, her (laughs) pheromones spread across the city, uh, (laughs) and kicking off a giant citywide orgy. One thing
0: I will say about this that they did well, two things I'll say they did really well (laughs) about this actually is you do see more or less everything now we did say this is like the rated r very extreme one but they were very clever with making sure that as ivy and harley were getting it on flowers were popping up to block off certain regions so to make sure that it was still okay to put on tv now illust uh, animators illustrators everybody massive for work because i just thought that was just very hilarious um also the next thing was I feel like this is what I wanted and this might be a hot take. This is what I wanted Hero Gasm in the boys to be like. The uh <laughs> the whole entire city just getting it on. I feel like I saw more in this episode than I did in Hero Gasm.
1: <laughs> I I do think that's fair to say. I do think uh who knows what the restrictions may <laughs> maybe it was like a COVID set restriction mm. that limited the orgy on hero gasm, but nothing limits this animated orgy at all. And at of very convenient timing, Bane goes in, he gets a potion to enhance his trunk mm-hmm. and he just immediately goes for it. He doesn't read the warning labels, but he should have <laughs> because the last <laughs> warning label is don't use if using HGH <laughs> and Because he is, the potion reacts with him, grows him to a tremendous size. And on top of that, he gets hit with a giant dose of pheromones. So now you have a naked Bane who just wants to get it in. And he (laughs) literally (laughs) fucks a building to death.
0: Uh, Because it is a running gag that he is just going through the entire city, pun intended um and each time that he does come to completion oh gosh (laughs) a building does fall so this is causing definitely a very serious moment within gotham but we don't have an opportunity to find out what's happened happening next quite just yet because we now have to jump over to our next love story with aquaman who's actually voiced by um I think his name is Chris Oberg, the um the actual voice of Kite Man in the Hardy Quinn series. So hell yeah to that. And Mira, who you know we always call Aquaman, but her she's now been more adopting the name Mira, um who is voiced by Janet Varney, the, who is also the voice of Korra. But I really feel like this Mira was kind of channeling her Amber Heard kind of personality here. <laughs> 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 with the
1: assassin story,
0: oh yeah, like that that was brand new, so the story is basically that um Mira she says that she was actually an assassin from another set of aqua people sent to go kill aquaman, obviously, Aquaman is very smug about the fact that he was able to charm his way from death, and luckily for them the two the union um that they had was able to quell a you know, this like strife between the two nations. Um, However, she still has a lot of anger and aggression towards the surface dwellers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's going to kill them all. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, And before we the last uh, couple we see before the main plot is they saved a great gag for almost last, which is dark side and a Republican (laughs) he found at a convention.
0: So apparently this is supposed to be Kimberly Guilfoyle. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> I mean, I I think you guys can fill in the blanks on that one yourself. But um, my, my favorite line is, uh, once I looked into her dead eyes, I knew I was in love. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't even say anything. That's Nothing the brilliance really of this gag. It's just dark side. <laughs> and the woman, Uh because that's who he wanted to be with. Mm-hmm. Um so now we're <laughs> back. I'm sorry. I'm just like <laughs> Republicans <laughs> and Dark Side apparently in league, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Look, this is how they see you on, on HBO Max, so maybe rethink <laughs> some of those votes. Um so now we're we're back to the main, we're at the thick of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we
0: had children.
1: <laughs> swinging around, got them. Harley and Ivy figure out they need to kiss. The boys and Ivy needs to do some anti pheromones on Bane. Uh, to do that, they have to get to his mask. Um, and they almost get it. But unfortunately, the sexy visage of Brett Goldstein is inspires Bane, it sets him off again. So he goes off to the arena where he's going to where Brett Goldstein is going to read Byron. And it is here that we get um, an actual tragedy in this episode that we had to moment of silence because Bane destroys Mama Macaroni's.
0: Yes. um, Mama cannot take what Bane was throwing and as Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are trying to stop him, unfortunately, the building comes to a crumble, and this leads into a huge, huge, huge fight between our our favorite lovers here in our in our show today. Harley is so focused on the next stages of the plan and trying to stop Bane, but Ivy shares with her, like, you know, you are technically the cause of all this. Um, It does get revealed to Ivy that Harley Quinn did the spell that led to her releasing the pheromones that causing the citywide orgy, which funny thing is, it does point out as Ivy's talking about, she realizes that like, I I guess that what Harley did wasn't too bad, but it was still a problem, uh, mainly because she felt good afterwards. And this is where she just says that she drops a really big bomb of just the fact that Harley isn't listening to her. Like she spent... The in a good part of the of their conversation, sharing that she just really wanted something low key. She doesn't want to get like dressed up, she doesn't want to do anything big, spectacular. She just once again wanted to stay home, watch the show, maybe uh, get it on later on in the evening, and then that's it. But Harley just didn't care about that. She cared about the fact of making everything amazing. So it's clear that Harley isn't listening to her and that she's saying is a problem in their relationship.
1: Yeah, and I do what I do like about this conversation. It, it works on multiple levels for like in the story surface level. It's a great moral, great reminder mm-hmm. to people that people have different love languages mm-hmm. and different ways they want to be loved. So just be responsive to that to your partner um, and put aside what you want and what you want them to feel. And um For the most part, for most of the special, you don't really need to see the rest of the series. You could just come into this, though. Wow, you're coming in hot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is a great summary of the main conflict between Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn and their relationship is that Harley can be very reluctant to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a good dig at Harley. Just a reminder to her. Just you got to listen sometimes. So Harley, also,
0: yeah, also the fact too that, um that you know we for people who are like watching the show, you know, you understand of just like the the fact that Harley is starting off breaking away from the Joker, so there's like a lot that Harley just needs to unlearn too about what's it mean to be in a relationship, um, so it's clear that she's like once again just doing everything, and it seems like she's just kind of connecting it to like how i did it with the joker so now that she's in the new relationship speaking back to like understanding love languages she has to learn that like you know like her relationship with the joker is over you know and it's clear that she's gotten over that but there's still some there's still some things some underlying things that are still there and i'm kind of glad that we actually got a chance to to see that um especially in these like, even sometimes in these smaller moments
1: yeah yeah Um, and Harley acknowledges that she might be to blame, but she doesn't take responsibility for it yet, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) Poison Ivy compliments the (laughs) self-awareness. And then we cut over to the Bret Gold scene arena that Bane is heading towards. Oh, also, we should mention that they figure out if they can't kiss Bane, they should have to figure out how to turn him off. Mm -hmm. And they're reading his profile um, (laughs) about how... You know, he appreciates the later seasons of The Office. and like You can see why he's had so much trouble. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) But we cut to the front of the arena where the two Clayface halves are talking. And thank God somebody said it, because a bystander goes, did someone lace our weed when seeing Clayface (laughs) talking to his own ass? His sentient ass? And even at one point, they just go, this is so weird. Um, (laughs) I'm convinced that was Montoya. There's no confirmation. I'm convinced that was Renee Montoya that said that. (laughs) Um, But uh, there's not too much time to look at Clayface and the two halves because Bane comes, stomps on them to reassemble them because they've tried to avoid touching, but they they do form. Um, And Bane has arrived at the arena, and Brett Goldstein is strangely ready for it.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know if this is how he is truly in real life, but Brett Goldstein just, just seems to be like open to anything. <laughs> um, I do, I do love. There's one little joke that did come up that I just have to mention. So I can't remember who said it, but someone in when they first introduced Brett Goldstein having this one man show reading Lord Byron, um, uh, someone mentioned how, oh, I'm not gonna go just to see some Emmy. Award winner, this this award winner that just polished off his Emmy. And as they show Brett Goldstein, he immediately takes off his shirt, grabs a rag, and
1: has his Emmy there, and is just stroking it to clean it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, ah, oh my god, it's so it's such a brilliant gag. It is. <laughs> um, and if people don't know, Brett Goldstein also is a comedian. He got his role on Ted Lasso by writing, and they just oh. added him into the show. So this is definitely uh, I i like to think he had a something to do with this joke. <laughs> <behind his face. laughs> I thought that's right. That's awesome. I mean, damn <laughs> oh
0: god now I've been caught by the British bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um now everybody's really frantic trying to figure out what to do. So Harley and Ivy they find the um the Yamcha style clay face. <laughs> <laughs> who is just wallowing in misery over the fact that he's been reassembled and no longer can see his, um, I, don't, I guess his better half, his under half. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to call it. Um, so as they're talking with him, they ask him, it's like, hey, can you turn into a giant Brett Goldstein so that you could talk Bane down? And they reveal everything that has happened. And I love the fact that Clayface was just like, this seems like one, not a quick question.
1: A quick request. (laughs) And two, what the fuck actually have y'all been doing this entire time? And luckily Poison Ivy is able to inspire Clayface to help them out. Clayface turns into a giant Brett Goldstein. He says arguably the best line in this special, which is what is horny if not love persevering? (laughs) That great, great Marvel reference, great WandaVision reference. And he and Clayface is actually ready to just feel something to feel some affection, so he's ready for anything with Bane. And until he says, anyways, mm-hmm. which immediately turns Bane off, as we can see through silhouette, <laughs> of Bane is turned off. And this puts an end to uh Bane's rampage, and Brett Goldstein even climbs out of the rubble holding his Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> And let know, there will be no refunds. <laughs> <laughs> Damn.
0: Oh gosh, this this show is just, just wonders. So now that Bane has calmed down, we actually see that his friend, the dominatrix named Betty, it she drives on through in the Uber Lyft, wherever it may be, hashtag not sponsored. And she shares that like she saw Bane <laughs> Humping all the buildings, she saw him at wait humping Wayne Tower, and said, "Hey, don't take my man. I should be receiving that energy." <laughs> and as she says this, she says it in such a pro in a way that so much proper grammar that Bane is fortunately he's not turned on again again to full point. He's just feeling it internally, turned on emotions, I guess. And they decide the two of them should go home together. And it does leave a question that I had. That I'm glad that um, Harley and Ivy then asked, how the hell is that going to work?
1: Yeah. Oh, they're <laughs> for once in the special, they show restraint and they don't answer that question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They'll leave that to your imaginations, everybody. And this is at the end amongst the burning rubble and the fire. Poison Ivy makes one of the best points in the episode where she goes, Harley, you get so obsessed with trying to top my Valentine's Day. You never actually asked what my best Valentine's Day is. And here's where we get the incredibly sweet reveal that ties the entire series together up to this point. Yeah. That her best Valentine's Day was the day she met Harley Quinn.
0: Yes, uh, this was a couple years ago. Um, Ivy was in Arkham. You can see that she's very distraught. She's um, talking about the fact that it was Valentine's Day. She was very alone. Um, She was just in a cell, no sounds, no one to love her. She felt very just like disconnected with the world. And at that moment, she hears a knock. When she looks up, she sees Harley or rather Dr. Harley Quinzel um, before she got transformed into Harley Quinn. And she brings over some chocolate milk and the two of them just get a chance to just sit down to talk. And she shares that, um, you know, the reason why we just kept on talking was because I said that I never saw Shrek 2. And because you were so shocked, you sat down and explained the entire plot of the movie to me. And that's when she said that she felt truly wanted and knew that she belonged to someone, and I I love that story not only because of the fact that Ivy shares something deep and emotional, but like Shrek 2 brought them together
1: as and isn't that all of us? Mm-hmm. You know, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream work, baby. <laughs> so after this emotional reveal, they we get to the last Harry met Sally vignette where it's now Harley and Poison Ivy and they're describing their relationship. And then it gets real meta where they're like, wait, why are we doing this? Everybody already knows. And then they're like, oh, I think these have to be a certain length, (laughs) (laughs) which I I like to personally think it's a shot at the Killing Jokes adaptation. And that's my (laughs) headcanon. And just as Harley is about to recap Shrek 3, the special ends with a happy Valentine's Day from both.
0: Yes, it's such a sweet, sweet um, ending here. Uh, But before we talk about our other feelings about it and, you know, other comic book knowledge that might have come up during this, we're going to, I guess, finish out our Valentine's Day cards and keep on looking for that Batman shaped chocolate. So while we do that, um, here's a podcast from the forgotten entertainment family you should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us.
1: Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Ferdell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists,
0: movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the eleventh. So, Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special. Um, what are your thoughts on the special? Out of, I guess out of ten, what do you?
1: How many hearts is this getting? Well, I, I, you know, this is a lovely special, and um, I, I really did enjoy it. Ultimately, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten, mm. and again, great special. The only two things, I mean, obviously, it's funny. The story is great. It's self-contained. It's the perfect amount of ridiculous. It's it's everyone. Bane is one of my favorite characters on the show. So the fact that they focus so much on Bane was great. The two things that are going to hold it from the perfect score, um, as I've always said, this special requires, does require you to have a little knowledge of the show. Um, They do a lot to paper things over. So you're not lost by any means. Mm-hmm. But uh, things, especially when it comes to you Harley hardly talking about the Joker, a lot of the sight gags of minor characters like the Clock King thing we explained, those are not going to hit quite as hard unless you've seen the show. Um, so um, that's one thing. And the other thing is, <laughs> look, personally, I had no problem with the rampant sex, the nudity and how freaking weird Clayface's storyline is. <laughs> but I can if anyone were to tell me that any of that the the extreme amount of sex and Clayface ass jokes was too much, <laughs> I would get it. Um normally the show um does a really heavy sex joke maybe like once every four episodes and then it kind of lasts like two seconds and it's, it doesn't it's gone but here it pretty much is the whole thing <laughs> so if that is too much for some people i do understand and i do think there were spots where they could have maybe not told that one joke <laughs> there were, there, there's like maybe three sex jokes too many and now that sounds nitpicky i do think that for some people it might be a little bit too much and i understand so those are my, my two points that knock it down. What are you about you? Yeah, I agree. This is definitely like eight
0: out of 10. I'm just going to knock it out real quick. I also agree about the clay face thing. Um, so the, again, as we always said, if you need to have prior knowledge, you can't get out of 10 out of 10. Unfortunately, sorry to Harley Quinn. Um, I love, I did love this. I thought it was great. Um, the clayface romance though did feel a little bit unnecessary to the plot. Um, because I feel like we could have found another way for clayface to just get there. Like he didn't even feel like like it felt like even that joke at the end where it has to be a certain length. And yeah, this is this is what they did. They they peppered in the clayface thing. And I actually have two ideas <laughs> which okay, probably yeah. could have changed this up. So I you know I think that you know the point that they were trying to land on this is just like obviously there's a lot of dangers of people getting catfished out there, but I think by the fact that it ends up leading right into this humorous route, it loses a bit of that value. So unless if that's the plan they were trying to go with, then like kind of missed the mark a little bit there. But I kind of wish that we did have Clayface. Maybe this is one like. Overall, Clayface shows up to the date, goes through Crime Alley, looks for the vegan coffee place, but he doesn't see anyone there. And he's been there. He probably stays there for a bit. And he's so heartbroken that he decides to just go walking through the streets and he's dialoguing about love and, you know, what's it mean for him? How maybe it's like at a point where he probably never finds it. And then eventually he does get into this, like, or even just like the beauty of it. But while everybody is just like, fucking around him
1: Um, yeah
0: that's good so and then eventually when he gets to the brett goldstein show he lies in this pit that where bane's footprint is and that's where they lead on to the moment where harley and ivy talk with him and then here are one in two ways i wish they could have done where maybe he after saving the day he checks his phone again and he realizes that he read the time wrong so now he's like rushing over to go see this person and then we see maybe one thing where maybe he does arrive he sees the person um or rather the joke the joke is that the person that was reaching out to him was jason momoa um maybe we see that jason momoa is waiting there he's looking at his watch he has flowers and at that point he's just sighs takes the flowers throws it to the ground and just stomps away very kind of like i don't know very kind of like funny character like Another option would be, like, maybe they actually see Clayface arrive into the alley again. He's now, once again, a little heartbroken because, oh, no, he doesn't see his, like, his counterpart. But then Jason Momoa pops out the shadows with with flowers and roses and just says, my man. <laughs> and one of those two things I just felt like we needed for Clayface. Like, having it be that he falls in love with his butt <laughs> is so weird Um, because again it's just like it just felt a lot like filler that I felt feel like you could have probably done another way especially because Clayface is supposed to be this very boisterous thespian like character where if he's just like giving a full on like monologue about love or anything like that I I would love that
1: yeah I felt like his plot line was supposed to be something about Mm self-love but um yeah, I feel like they're. It's it's weird to say, but I feel like they're so cruel to Clayface in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's such a punching bag. Uh, even Bane gets like some kind of reward at the end of this. So yeah, I agree. I think I would have gone different with it. Uh, I I like your your ideas a lot. Um, I I think my alteration would be to kind of flip it, like <laughs> incorporate the stuff you're saying. I love the Jason Momoa gag and stuff. But it seems to me the obvious joke there was Clayface is the ultimate catfish. He can be anybody mm. at any time. So I think if you would have flipped it and, you know, he has several dates and one of the one of the dates is Jason Momoa. And they're like, that's probably a catfish. And the gaggo is like he keeps going to these dates as these different people and they tries to be himself and they all are turned off for some mm-hmm. reason. And the end of it, he has to kind of embrace who he is. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm not going to go on the last date because, you know, they were expecting somebody different. And then, yeah, Jason Momoa comes out, my man, and he's not there. (laughs) I think that would have been a nice for him to have this existential crisis at the end where he's like, you know what, guys, I want to be myself. They're like, great. Could you be Brett Goldstein, though, for a second Mm. (laughs) to help? You know, I think that would have been a better punchline and a lot less weird. Yeah, because <laughs> so one last thing I'll say about this Clayface thing that I think I figured out why it also felt so weird to us. It's because there was a previous episode where Clayface's hand fell off and hung out with Jim Gordon. Oh yes, yeah, that piece was like a child. So I think somewhere in the back of our mind, we're thinking pieces that fall of Clayface are like children, yeah. and not romantic partners. And there's also that Batman. Uh, the animated series episode with Robin mm-hmm. and, yeah. and the Clayface girl. Yeah. So it's like usually they're kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh dear God, dude. Did
0: we just unlock something about Clayface? Oh god. <laughs> I think that's
1: why this plot line was so weird.
0: <laughs> well, before we get Clayface canceled, I can't. <laughs> Um I had another question for you. What are your thoughts about the uh, the love story of Heart Ivy? Because I think both of us have watched the series from uh, beginning to where it is currently. Uh, how did you feel about it in this particular story? Does it help push their story along? Um, also, what are your thoughts in general?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is going to be short and for me. I, I loved it. Um mm when i I, to compare to anyone who watches euphoria um euphoria did a bunch of bonus episodes after season one and the tricky thing was it about those was they weren't allowed to really advance the plot or romantic relationship of of rue so they kind of had to stall out and go in circles um what i like about what they did here is it's a bonus episode it doesn't significantly change their relationship in any way before going into season four, but it does just kind of redefine, reinforce and gives us something new that can carry on to the rest. The Valentine's day reveal yeah. um, is so great and so new. And I'm, I, I wonder cause calendar man's in those. I wonder if you went back, it was actually Valentine's day and they kind of were <laughs> seeding this the whole time, but it, it feels fresh, even though it doesn't, doesn't take giant steps forward i think it's it's a it was a great choice to just deepen and enrich their relationship Mm -hmm. instead of trying to do something more profound or add a bunch of exposition i think this was a good approach
0: yeah i agree and i think this is like you know i was thinking of it as just like a filler episode like yeah they have an anime how everybody hates filler episodes but this is one of the good ones because it's just like again you do get just like another step in their relationship but it doesn't mean like they're going to be living together they're going to get married they're going to um you know all those typical growth moments in relationships it's none of those this is just an understanding of you know you put it so great of love languages and how you actually um care for someone by listening and acting upon their love language and you know, it's nice to see that it was tied in with this, like, <laughs> truly ridiculous story. Um, because even though you're, there are scenes in which you're just like, wow, I can't believe they went that far. There's a lot of strong underlying things about the relationship that just works out so well. Um, and I love the fact of the normalcy of it, too, because, um, you know, I feel like, I mean, ah, gosh, we're going to be shouting out HBO Max. But like, <laughs> you know, this is the this is another great installment in um, what it looks like. Cause you know, it's always been for years. We just, unfortunately we were just so behind in understanding that like a LGBTQ couple have very similar scenarios to a heterosexual couple. And, you know, we just saw episode three of the last of us. Great. Fucking fantastic work in that episode. Um, If you haven't seen it yet, just stop listening to our podcast right now and head on over to watch it. Um, and then following up, it was just like, here's a calm, kind of nice moment, too, between these two animated characters about their love. So it's been, um, you know, I, I love the fact that we're kind of getting these like simple stories that help to um, strengthen the ties that are between these two couples.
1: Yeah, and I, I wholly agree with you on uh, the, the LGBT representation, like when you have clock King and the Riddler together Mm -hmm. and the joke is based on their characters and the Riddler and clock King and how weird clock King is when that's just the joke and the joke is not their sexuality. That's that's that says so much about where comedy has come from, where Mm -hmm. it's not a punchline. It's just a part of the world. Mm -hmm. These two are together. That's it. No one makes any comments on Harley and poison ivy's relationship as being different or other it is just a relationship yeah so yeah i really do a- a- agree this show is really it doesn't feel like it's pushing anything doesn't feel like it's forcing two characters that wouldn't normally be together um uh, and uh it it really does feel organic which i i really do appreciate <laughs>
0: Oh man, one well, of these days velma's gonna come after all asses.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mindy Kalen's gonna fight me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna I am not
0: i do not think I'm gonna win, but he looks scrappy. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a little bit about their love. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that. Um and speaking about their love, this is actually not the first time that we've seen the Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn relationship. So we're gonna jump right into a little bit of our comic book knowledge, uh, because this relationship has been going strong for uh, quite some time it's been at least now i think a good couple of years so we gave a brief introduction to the harley ivy story back in the sweet and sweet or sour episode that we did on batman and harley quinn from the uh believe it was the 2017 movie um we also covered a little bit of their history and our <laughs> funny thing is last valentine's day we did the Static Shock episode where Harley and Ivy had teamed up. So I'm feeling like there's a little bit of a theme here for Valentine's Day. episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just safe to say that we love Harley and just as much as their fans. And speaking of the fans, um, shout out to fan fiction out there. Uh, Fan fiction writers are the reason why that Harley Quinn and Ivy are together within the DC universe.
1: Look at you guys doing it, accomplishing wonders yet again.
0: <laughs> um, so before I talk about a little bit of that, I'm just going to briefly bring it all the way back to the beginning here, back to 1966, so uh, 30 years before Andrew and I knew each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, So we get the introduction of Poison Ivy, who was inspired by Rappuccini's daughter by Nathaniel Haw- Hawthorne, um, comic book illustrator and writers. Um, Sheldon Moldoff and Richard uh, Kagn- Kagniger, uh, they decided to use this character from Rappuccini's daughter to create Poison Ivy. There was this misanthropic botanist and biochemist who was poisonous to the touch. So we got Poison Ivy here. That was first appeared in Batman number 181 that was published back on April 19th, 1966. Um, so because of the fact that her character actually premiered in comics in the same year that Bat- at um, Adam West's Batman also premiered on television. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see Poison Ivy in this live-action format, but we did first see her in Batman, the animated series, voiced by Diane Pershing. Also, I guess we got to give a quick shout-out to Uma Thurman for her portrayal of the character in the 1997 Batman and Robin <laughs> film. Um, right next to Bane. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, So, yeah, since then, Ivy has appeared in, like... 196 episodes of television uh one film of course the batman and robin film and then 1000 has appearances with over 1731 comic book issues including her current ongoing series with the of the same name poison ivy so you know in a lot of these episodes and a lot of these um stories she does get teamed up with harley quinn a lot their first appearance together was back in Batman, the animated series, where the two of them joined in on a heist together. And this was back in 1993 in, on, in January. So they had teamed up because Harley broke up with the Joker. Harley tried to prove herself as a true villain. And she tried to steal something from a museum. Ivy, at the same time, was trying to steal some plants from the museum. and They decided to go on the road together, kind of very Thelma Louise style, just committing crimes throughout and they just enjoyed their time together to the point where they teamed up again in future episodes. And eventually they actually, in the comics, decided to team up with Catwoman to join to create the Gotham City Sirens in 2009. And that's what started it all. That Gotham City Sirens, plus all their television appearances together, people who are writing on Archive of Our Own and Wattpad, they just went crazy. They they love the Harley and Ivy um team up so they were like what if they actually were more like you know more romance started putting them in more romantic situations dc comics heard this and they were like you know what this is a good idea we're going to do it and by 2015 in the same um gotham cities gotham city sirens comic uh this is where harley learns that ivy has feelings for her And in 2015, they were able to establish a non-monogamous relationship with each other, leading to a big kiss in
1: 2016's DC Bombshells. That's probably the best format for their relationship, starting (laughs) off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's um, and since then, they've just been an on and off couple throughout the years um you know unfortunately they have broken up a few times and most recently they've had a very big breakup there was in an, and there was an event called fear states where ivy got split into two separate beings one was called queen ivy which was a like the more dangerous version like cold untethered to the world just only cared about the green and then a nicer one and in order to save her Harley had to go and con- contact one of Ivy's ex girlfriends by the name of the Gardener. This is her. This is her villainy
1: name. <laughs> Gardener. Okay.
0: Yeah. This it's it's a new thing. Um, it's a new person created by James Tinney in the fourth. He um created this character where Ivy and the Gardener went to school together. The Gardener was very into like animal plant hybrid creatures, which she now continues to control, and she's kind of like. Ivy and Ra's Ghoul mixed together, but outside of Gotham. She was like, I'm not fucking around with Gotham because there's too many superheroes in that general vicinity. And she decided to leave Ivy because she was like, Ivy is too extreme. She doesn't care about people. And I do. And I only really want to care about, only want to focus on building out my animal plant hybrid army. Ivy was obviously hurt by this, but in order to find Ivy, in order to save her, Harley Quinn had to contact the gardener who they were able to find her but because of that poison ivy never trusted harley again and after a couple of dates uh they realized that the love wasn't there anymore or at least like they were there was just too much that was going on from that hurt that they needed their own separate time so poison ivy decided to go on a journey of self-discovery moving to the west side and this led to her comic um premiering out i believe in 2022 so the after this fear state was in late 2021 so all of 2022 ivy is just on her journey her eat pray love journey um but at the same time she's sending letters over to hot um to harley and she shares about something that's been happening how she had a fling with someone and harley's like oh no so we're gonna, I'm gonna drop everything and we need to talk about this or rather i'm just gonna try to see if i can make it work with you and as of right now In Poison Ivy number nine, February 7th, 2023 is when this dropped. We are recording this podcast episode on February 10th. So three days later, we are now left with the fact that in Poison Ivy number nine, Harley Quinn has showed up at the doorstep of Ivy. And the two have finally seen each other for the first time in about a year. And now we don't know what to expect next, but it does seem like they could be back together
1: happy valentine's day
0: word word and speaking of um another valentine's day treat um you know i have to talk about this one this is a valentine's day card to the harley ivy fans out there if you pick up harley quinn romance um romances this got released in um on january 31st 2023 so not too long ago as well you can actually read the fan fiction story that harley quinn wrote for ivy because when they got together, um Ivy was like, "It'll be really cool if we had actually met in high school and built out a relationship like this." So Harley, while they are doing a high set of gala, she reads to her the fan fiction they wrote that she wrote about them being in Gotham High and being a couple. And I just thought this was a nice little homage to like not only, fans out there who wrote the fanfic that brought these two together but also their first time teaming up together where it wasn't quite a gala but they were in this like very prestigious building to and that's been the beginning of their budding relationship
1: yeah so it's never been a better time to be a harley v fan hmm hmm.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, pick up these books because the story is continuing. DC is going a little crazy <laughs> right now, we'll say. But this does seem like to be something that, as we know, James Gunn and Peter Saffron, um, the two of them do want to eventually connect what's happening on screen with what is happening in the comics. So it's strong to say that if this is something that is being flushed out, fingers crossed they do stay together or do get back together, Uh, we may be able to see more interactions of the Harley-Ivy story just outside of the Harley Quinn show. So, you know, fingers crossed. All right. Well, that wraps up our episode. Um, You know, we're going to head on over and, you know, enjoy some Valentine's Day stuff. Find some half price chocolate on the February 15th. Yes. Uh, We hope you... (laughs) <laughs> yes enjoy half off candy eve y'all but again remember to take care of yourselves and i guess also happy valentine's day and remember that self-love is important um don't let self-love be you talking to your butt
1: and if you take a love potion or any potion to enhance yourself make sure you read the bottle and you're not taking hgh all right <laughs> come on we don't need that this city's been through enough. <laughs> <laughs>